when, when lepers uh, became whole. We were there uh, when blind Barnabas got uh, his eyesight back. We were there at the pool of Bethesda when the man that was lame uh, from his, uh, all his life was uh, healed. We were there when we asked the Lord, Hey Lord, who has sinned, this man or his parents? And the Lord said, Neither, but that the glory of God might be shown through. And the man received his sight. And then he told them, and then remember how he told the, the Pharisees and they kept questioning him and they said, who did this? He said, well, I've already told you a couple of times. Can, are, are, you, are you deaf? Right. But, but here, listen. So Peter said all that we saw, but then he says something in verse number 19 we all need to get a hold of tonight. He said, even though all of those things we, we heard, all those things we saw, we even saw when the Lord, when God spoke on the mount, the holy mount. But then he said this in verse 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation for the pro- he's talking about the Bible now when he says we have a more sure word of prophecy. We know that uh, it's from God. It's not of any private interpretation. Anybody can read the word of God for themselves. And then he said this, For the prophecy came not in the old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. You know what Peter said? Even though all of these things we saw, all of these things we experienced, all of these things that we've been able to see, we have even outside of that a more sure word of prophecy. We have the word of God. Now, I believe he was saying that not only for who he was preaching to then, but I believe he was saying it so we'd know that right now. Because I did not see the miracles. I believe them, just I believe them. I believe the eyewitness of John and James and Peter. But you know what all of that is about? Why is it that God would tell us that we have a word of God? Because I'll tell you why. Because there's so much falseness that's come into the world. I'm telling you, I'm appalled by that which is called worship. Is not worship. I'm telling you, there's a worship that'll be in heaven and it ain't like a lot of stuff that's going on today. But here's why, here's why we study the Bible. Here's why we read the Bible. Here's why we preach the Bible. Here's why we uh, do these things. Because when something false come up, we can say, that ain't right. That don't bear witness with my spirit. And that don't even bear witness with the Word of God. That's not what the Word of God's talking about. So with that in mind, we'll go on. He says this, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privately shall bring in damnable heresies even to the point that uh, they're denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And here's what's sad. Many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Isn't that true? That that the truth of the word of God is is evilly spoken about? And through covetousness shall they feign words, make merchandise of you. Now, I'm not going to go back to the Bible conference, 
but I'm just going to be reminding you that much of the new versions of the English English translation is nothing except about making merchandise of you. I, I was trying to do a little... Uh, research today, I saw a clip of an article and I didn't get into it because I was busy trying to get other messages done. Uh, but one of the things said, and again, I'm going to have to verify it, but I believe it's probably true, that for you to get another English translation uh, different than the one that, uh, the last one that came out, there has to be so many changes in it, otherwise you can't get a copyright. So if you have a copyright of something, how are you going to get a copyright if you don't make it different? And things that are different ain't the same. And they all can't be excellent translations. They all can't be right. And we've already looked at that. But you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to make merchandise of you. That's what it's all about. And they will through covetousness vain, uh, with vain words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God, think about this, spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness, to be reserved unto judgment, also spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, And not only that, he didn't spare the angels, he didn't spare the old world, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that should after should live live ungodly. Them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. And so basically God's saying, if you want to look at the judgment of God, look at the angels. If you want to look at the judgment of God, look at the old world. If you want to look at the judgment of God, look at Sodom and Gomorrah. But praise God, he delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelleth among them, and seeing and hearing, and vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government, presumptuous are they, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. But these as natural brute beasts, he's talking about apostates now, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime, spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery, and uh, that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, a heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bezor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity, the dumbass speaking with a man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet." These are all wells without water, clouds that are carried with 
tempest to whom the mist of darkness is reserved. Well, I'm telling you, Peter's kind of a preacher here, wasn't he? <laughs> kind of laying it out. Him and, him and James, man, both of them, they're just kind of telling you the truth. Listen, God's people need to hear this tonight. It's almost like God said, won't you just read the chapter and then give an give a, uh, invitation? But I got a lot more to say. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lusts of the flesh through much wantonness. Those that were clean escape from them who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same he is brought in bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto him. Now if you want to get right down to it, kind of uh, Peter right here kind of tells us what an apostate is. It's somebody that actually at one point knew what the truth was and then turned away from the truth. But it happened to them, according to the true proverb, the dog is, is turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Wow. That's a lot of heavy stuff that Peter just laid on top of us. I want you to understand something tonight that uh, we know that Christianity was built upon the eyewitness accounts of the apostles. But as we read in chapter 1 before getting to chapter 2, we find that something even more important, the inspired word of God. The latter is even more sure than the account of the multiple eyewitnesses that were, that gave, that were given uh, throughout the New Testament and even in the Old Testament. And what Peter is trying to do for us tonight, if it's a lesson that we can learn, it's the lesson of apostasy. That's the lesson that we are going to learn tonight. In fact, every time we've preached through the life of Peter, we've given it uh, the, uh, an, a lesson of some type of thing that Peter is trying to get across. And of course, Peter is older now. He's not the young Peter. He's not the boisterous Peter. Peter. He's, the, he's the old man Peter now. And he's like, I've seen these things I've seen a lot of things and, and I've seen God do a lot of things but I'll tell you, listen, you, if there's one thing that needs to be learned on my way out, you need to learn about apostasy. You need to understand who these people are. And he begins to talk about not only the apostasy that he saw in his day but he understood the apostasy that was to come. And now we live in a day of great apostasy. Now why do I, why do I say that? Well folks, listen, let's just go back 40, 50 years ago, the things that people knew that were true. And now, now I mean, I, I, I wrote down in my notes here that probably one of the greatest of examples of apostasy in our day uh, would be the idea, uh, use the illustration of, of evolution. Because you would understand now, a hundred years ago, uh, there was no teaching of evolution in any classroom across America. You know why? Because the general public knew there was no such thing as that kind of foolishness. 
In fact, in the public school system a hundred years ago, and I realize when I say public school system that most of those were be one-room schoolhouses, but that's okay. They were still a public system of education. And people understood uh, that, that they didn't even know what that was. Uh, they understood the biblical account of creation. Can I say, if you take away the first 11 chapters of Genesis, then you have no foundation. Amen. You have no foundation which does live on. Uh, I, I, I'm telling you, there's a lot of preachers across the spectrum today uh, that want, don't want people to make fun of them and not think that they're scientifically alert and so they had to come up with stuff like the, the gap system. No, when the Bible talks about day in the uh, Genesis, it's the same as it talks about day uh, in, uh, in the New Testament. A day is a day is a day. But I'm just saying that apostasy has come up on America like these kind of things that 100 years ago or 50 years ago, the general public knew the truth of the Genesis record that God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, today, that's no longer true. And something that used to be understood as truth is no longer taught as truth, and that is called apostasy. It means to know something that was true and now teach something that is false. And let me just say, that goes with salvation, that goes with the Bible, uh, that goes with everything. Apostasy has come to a full maturity in the day in which we live. Our nation was built upon truth, uh, and now as a nation, we've turned away from truth. Now, the most obvious that has come up in our land just in the last several years is the gender issue. That is the most basic thing in society, that God made man and God made woman. Period. There are two genders. There will always be two genders, and there will never be anything but two genders. And anybody that teaches otherwise is an apostate. That's apostate teaching. I just read, uh, I mean, sometimes I read through articles so fast, I probably just get clips of them, but I I read recently somebody was arrested or uh, in Canada because they challenged the idea of two genders. That's where we've come. And some others have seen that article. This chapter that we read tonight is actually Peter's lesson on apostasy. Peter deals with the character of the apostates. He talks about uh, the doctrinal apostates of the time on a personal level, level. And certainly if Peter understood it for his day, he was writing to people like us sitting here today. I want you to look at verse 1 through 3. Here's what an apostate is. He said, false prophets, verse number one. Uh, These false teachers among you who privately, here's what they do. They bring in damnable heresies. They deny the Lord. Uh, They bought uh, them and bring up on them swift uh, swift destruction. Here's what I believe. And I believe that, uh, I believe a false prophet is going to burn hotter in hell than anybody else. They're going to go to their place. Why is it? Because they led other people away from truth. Uh, look at verse number uh, two. They, have, uh, they follow their pernicious ways uh, by reason of whom the way of truth shall... E- they, they speak about truth as evil. Basically, that's calling evil good and good evil. 
And then verse number three says that through covetousness, they feign words and they make merchandise of people, make merchandise of you. But God says, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not. Meaning, God will take care of the apostate. But that's their character. Look down at verse number 17. They've forsaken the right way. That's an apostate. They've gone astray. They followed the way of Balaam. And, 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 and I'm just telling you, Balaam was, I've always said the two strangest characters in the Bible is the first king of Israel, Saul, because Saul knew what was right and he turned away from it. He was an apostate. King Saul was an apostate. Balaam was an apostate because Balaam knew what was right. And God even met with him and said, you are not allowed to curse these people. He couldn't do it. So what he did is he, he, told, he told how that they might be able to bring apostasy upon the nation of Israel and that he get rewarded for it without cursing them. I'll, I'll show you that in a minute. Now it's interesting. We talk about in the Bible uh, conference about word studies. The, words, the word false prophet in the Greek is one word. All right, In our English it's false prophet, but in the Greek it's one word. And if you transliterated that word, it would be pseudo-prophet. What does that mean? A, that a false prophet is a pseudo-prophet. He's, he's false. He's not real. He's not a real preacher. He's not a real man of God. He is not a truth teller. He does not preach the Bible. He changes the Bible so that it can fit his agenda. That's why you got to take salvation and the blood and the resurrection and the virgin birth and change all of those things and they're false prophets. Amen. They're pseudo-prophets. There were false prophets in the Old Testament and therefore there'll be false prophets in the New Testament and there'll be false prophets right here today where we live. Now I could start bringing a list of false prophets and telling you it out loud, but here's the truth. What I'm trying to do is show you the truth of the scripture so that when a false prophet is speaking, you can go, that's a false prophet right there. There's no truth in that. That's a pseudo prophet. A false prophet just means he's fake. And I'm telling you, man, you can fake. I was, I, Brother Tim Alexander has learned one thing about Pastor Abel's in the last couple of years. I don't like fake. I don't like hypocrisy. I don't like people who do one thing and say another thing or be somebody different on Monday than they are on Sunday. That's a pseudo-prophet. That's a false prophet. They have doctrines. Listen, according to this, and I'm, gonna, I'm trying to uh, kind of uh, paraphrase some of this, they have doctrines that are damnable. They have doctrines that are destructive to people. These so-called prophets that are really pseudo-prophets or false prophets or fake prophets, I want to use, I want, when I say prof, false prophet, I want to say they're false, they're pseudo, they're fake. They'll, they'll even come to the place where they'll deny the Lord that bought them or redeemed them. And he did buy them because he bought us all. We've all been bought. We just got to accept the payment that's been paid. Liberal theology today routinely denies the deity of Jesus Christ. Uh, 
they, they deny the blood atonement, his bodily resurrection, his literal return, his virgin birth, his miracles and his power. That's what they do. And they try to bring Jesus down uh, to, uh, to man's level. If you look at the modern liberalism, you will find churches who, who at one time were Bible-believing churches. Man, I tell you, I could, I could pound on the Southern Baptist Convention. I, I mean, they, they used to be solid. They used to be uh, world-renowned for missions throughout all the world. And, and now they're ordaining women to be preachers. And uh, it, I mean, I could go on and on. And their theology and their... Uh, uh, anyhow, I'm just, I don't mean to be beating up the Southern Baptists. I could pick on somebody else. Presbyterians, let's pick on them for a while. Damnable heresies of Calvinism. Uh, anyhow, I, I, you say, well, what should we do? Be a Baptist. Amen. People teaching you can lose your salvation? That's not Bible. That is not Bible. In many what we would call mainline churches once believed the Bible, the old-fashioned gospel, even, even I mean, but now we come to the day, it's like, you've got to be kidding me. But throughout apostate seminaries, liberal preachers, Liberal literatures, replacing the King James Bible, now there are many of them are deader than a hammer. So what they have to do is, is they have to juice up the flesh to try to make people think that somehow that's spiritual. That's not spiritual. Apostasy has taken on forms of the Alexandrians and the Gnostics, and they've become the Romans and the followers of origin. He was a considered the father of corrupt theology, and from these people who, by the way, call themselves Christians, was born the Catholic Church. They were men who at one time knew the truth but turned away from the truth. What's an amazing thing, if you go back and study people like Luther. Luther was reading the book of Romans, and he got saved. He was on his way, basically, to becoming a Catholic priest, he studied, he, uh, and some of those men were the only one that had the word of God because basically they would tell the, the, the common man, we'll let you know what you need to know, but he had access to the scriptures and was studying through the book of Romans, got under conviction and got saved. And that's why he turned away from uh, uh, Roman Catholicism and started Lutheran, which was a state church of Germany. Of course, he, he hung his thesis on the wall. I've been there, I've been there. But here's the deal. He began to teach the scriptures. He began to understand that baptism was, uh, was uh, immersion in water. And then all of a sudden, as he began to learn this baptism and what the Bible says, he found out that he, that lined up with the Baptists. So he couldn't do that. So he had to go start sprinkling people. He turned into apostate. The Lutheran church ain't right. I've been to the biggest Lutheran church. Uh, I've seen the biggest monument of Luther. I went to the top of that tower uh, there in that city. Of course, I can't remember what it was, but I was like, and I, and I sat in one of their Lutheran uh, big services and I thought, this is, this is an apostate church. And then I, then I began to find out all of these Roman Catholic churches in Germany and all of these Anglican churches in Germany they all are kept up and there's nobody in them. It's because, it's because you pay taxes. Man, you're talking about American. You, we pay FICA, whoever that is. You boys are going to find out when you get a job who FICA is. I remember watching a commercial one time and they said, Dad, who's FICA? They just took money out of my check. 
if you live in Germany, unless you uh, uh, renounce the Lutheran church, or the, 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 they take money out of your paycheck. Then they bury you and keep up with the, with the, uh, the tombstone. I'm just saying, that's apostasy. Works for salvation, that's apostasy. These men who at one time knew the truth, and he, listen, Luther in many ways knew the truth. He learned the truth. He had the scriptures. He turned away and he taught false doctrine. That's apostasy. You say, preacher, you're going to make everybody mad, huh? I want to stick with the Bible. Amen. Today, apostasy is taken on the form of cults and liberal churches who've turned away from the truth, teach works for salvation, destruction. That's destruction. Verse 2 really tells us that the Bible believers and the fundamentalists are routinely derided in the popular media and by the mainline religious crowd. They are motivated by greed as they build their religious empires. Verse number 3, they make merchandise uh, and have a sense of making a profit from the people. Listen, any guy that gets on the television and tells you to send him money, he's a false prophet. Especially if he tells you to blow into, send him a handkerchief and he'll blow in it and he'll bring it back and God will bless you. That's the most ridiculous stuff I've ever heard in my life. They're making merchandise of people. And we got a guy that, now he's living down in Branson, selling backpacks for the tribulation. And people are buying them. Man, he just repackages his wear. He went from, uh, he went from one thing after he got out of jail to another thing. Selling backpacks for the tribulation. Glory. That's apostasy. And it's no secret that many of these renowned apostate religious organizations are wealthy. They use feigned words. You know what that means? The word feigned words, it means fake or phony. Boy, I tell you sometimes, I hear these guys and I'm like, is there people really buying this? And the answer is yes. The word feign in the English, we get our English. Listen to this. This is amazing. If you look at the word feign, we talk about feign words. <laughs> it's the same word. It's the word that we get our English word plastic. You know, like plastic surgery. That's fake. Now, if a guy gets messed up in his face, needs to have a little plastic surgery, you know. Maybe he has a accident in a... Uh, Sled. I'm not mentioning anybody's name. That might be okay, but you could have a fake face if you're not careful. Plastic. You understand what I'm saying? Plastic. That's that's not real. It's fake. And that's where we get our word. That's a feign. Fake words. Fake words. They may use some of the same words that a Bible believer will use, but they're plastic. And I tell you, I hear some of these guys and I look at my wife and say, that's not the same Jesus I serve. They are, listen, you know what the Bible says here? This is all in the text. They are wells without water. What good is a well if it doesn't produce water? Spiritually, they are empty. They are, here, listen, they are clouds without rain. What good's a cloud if it ain't gonna bring no rain? All it does is gonna cover up the sun. I believe verse 17 tells us that there will be, look at verse 17 and I'll tell you why I believe this. These are wells without water, clouds that carry with a tempest, to whom the mist of dark, look at that, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. I believe 
that there will be a reserved place in hell for apostate religious leaders and the reason is because they not only affect themselves but they affect other people. I'm going to give an account for what I preach. That's why I want to preach the Bible. The religious leader who teaches in a false way or a fake way and leads people to hell is a person who has a special reserved place in hell. I guarantee you people like uh, Hitler and Judas Iscariot. You know what, you know what Jesus said about Judas? It'd been better, he wasn't even born. And then it says this, he will go to his place. Especially men, listen, this is what I really believe. Get a hold of this. Especially men who once who knew the truth. And listen to this. Now think about this. They knew the truth and then at some point they found out this ain't going to make me no money. You live a truly Christian life, it doesn't mean you're going to be wealthy. You're a real preacher of the Word of God. You may live on the backside of the desert for all your ministry. You may have to have a secular job. Who cares as long as you're doing the will of God? But some of these guys are like, uh, well, you know, I don't want to just pastor any church. I want a mega church. Well, I I, I don't want to get too uh, over the top here, but uh, you're probably going to have to make some compromises. Especially, again, especially men who knew the truth and found out it was not going to gain them correctly or maybe make them wealthy. And instead of being concerned about the souls of men, they decide to do that which is convenient, whether it affects people in their eternity or the walk of the Lord or not. They may speak with elegance, yet they entice through the flesh. Look at verse number 18. For when, the, when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escape from them who live in error. They're not going to preach on standards and separation and holy living because that might affect their paycheck. I, I just I told my wife early in, when we were starting out real hard, I said, honey, I really don't know how this is going to work out but it might be just me and you. And I know you need preaching, so I'll just have to preach. I thought that was a lot funnier than what y'all did. Everybody takes up Miss Robin. I'm in trouble again, you know what I'm saying? No, you Listen, but I do, believe, I do believe this. There are still people who want to know the truth. They want to know, what, they want to know the truth of God's Word. And, uh, and I'm just telling you, uh, they they speak swelling words. You know what the word here's another. You know what swelling means? Overblown. It means overblown. It's that which is pompous or extravagant. Extravagant. Vanity means this: devoid of truth or depravity. They promise liberty, but the truth is they themselves are enslaved. They are like the dog. This is all in the text. They are like the dog that returns to his vomit and the pig that returns to his mud, so the apostate returns to the corruption of the world. Now listen, I raised pigs when I was a kid, and you can clean them up, you can put lipstick on them, and you can take them to the fair, but as soon as they get a chance, they're back in the mud. You know why? Listen, listen, y'all ready for this? 
Because they're a pig. <laughs> That's why. And you know what the apostate consequences are? Look at verse 4. Now think about this. He said, now let's just make the, the apostate's consequences is judgment. Because God said, now listen, you know the angels? I didn't spare them. The old world? I didn't spare them. The Sodom and Gomorrah? I didn't spare them. God's not going to spare the apostate. Teaching that homosexuality is a viable lifestyle or is, is, a, is a regular living, that's apostasy. Amen. That is apostasy. Now that will get you in trouble, but it's still apostasy. Judgment is how God dealt with the apostate in the past. Uh, the, these verses show us how God dealt with it in the past. Verse number 9 says this, The Lord, now listen, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations, and He also knows how to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. God will deal with the apostate. Well then, preacher, why are you preaching this message? So that you understand what an apostate is when you see it. He judged the angels, all the angels. Listen, think about this. Think about this. All of the angels knew what the truth was. They all knew the truth. They glorified God. They knew the truth. They knew the truth and they followed Satan who will eventually end up in the lake of fire. God brought the flood upon the ungodly and saved Noah. Noah, preacher of righteousness, telling people a way of salvation. And they, they made, there's no doubt, they made fun of Noah till the day they were taken in the ark and God shut the door. And when the, I've always thought this, that when the rain started coming, there was people scratching at that door, beating on that door, begging Noah. It's too late. Too late. God judged the old world. He judged the society of the Sodomites at Sodom and Gomorrah. They were completely destroyed. He delivered Lot, who was a saved man, but here's, here's, what, here's what we all need to get a hold of tonight. He vexed himself by living in that society. He vexed himself. So that, listen, so that when it came time for God to bring judgment, remember Abraham when he prayed, when God told him that he was going to judge Sodom and Gomorrah, and God said, well, if there's 50 righteous, or no, Abraham said, well, Lord, if there's 50 righteous, and God said, no, I won't, I won't uh, do it. I, I, I didn't look at this, but I think he went down to 10. And here's what I believe. I believe Abraham, or Abraham's going, well, there's Lot and his wife and they've got a couple of daughters and a couple of son-in-laws. Surely they've won one or two people to the Lord. There's got to be ten righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah so God would not judge it. And so when it came time for the judgment, now listen, Lot was a righteous man, therefore he knew the truth. He knew what was going to happen. So he goes to his sons-in-laws and you know what they, they made, they made fun of. You know why? Because Lot allowed himself to be vexed with that city. Listen to my friend, if you don't shine the light, who is? If you don't stand up at work, who is? He delivered Lot, who was a saved man, but vexed himself. And by the way, if God judged these people, he'll judge the people of this day. The greatest, one of the greatest examples of apostasy is found in verse 15 and verse 16, which is Balaam who loved the wages of unrighteousness. 
Balaam is probably the greatest example of a religious leader or a prophet who knew what was right and turned from that truth. Listen, you go back and read it. I mean, every time I read it, every time I read Balaam, he knew what the truth was. God revealed to him the very truth. And he understood. And, and so when he went to curse, God said, time out, you can't curse them. They're my people. Balaam was a prophet who knew that Israel was the people of God. He was brought in by King Balak to curse Israel, but instead he blessed Israel. However, if you read Numbers 31, he told Balak, I cannot curse Israel, but I'll tell you how to destroy them. Let's read it together. Go to Numbers chapter 25. And by the way, this is still true. This is so true today. Numbers 25. All right, first of all, go to Numbers 31, just, just for a reference. 31, 16, I think I got it right here. Numbers 31, 16. I'm, you should go back and read this, but I'm trying to do this quick. Behold, these, uh, these caused the children of Israel through the, look at this, through the counsel of Balaam to commit trespass against the Lord in the matter of Peor, and there was a plague among the congregation of, and there was a, and there was a plague among the congregation of the Lord. All right, go back to chapter 25, and here you'll see what that advice was that he gave. He said, I can't, I can't, uh, can't bless, I can't uh, curse them. And Israel abode in Shittim, and the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. And they called the people unto the sacrifices of their gods, and the people did eat and bowed down to their gods. And Israel joined himself unto Baal Peor, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. Now you go back and read that this is the context of Balaam and Baal. And basically he said, now listen, you cannot curse these people. But here's how, you can, here's how you can mess them up. Just have the world infiltrate the nation of Israel. Same thing happened to Solomon. Anybody remember my message on Saturday, Sunday night? That's how Solomon. Solomon started making affinity with the, with, with the Canaanites, the Moabites. Basically, it's, and if we could bring it down to the context of today, it would be this. Bring the world into the church, you can ruin the church. Bring the world's music into the church, you can ruin the church. Bring false doctrine into the church, and you can bring the world, bring worldliness into the church in every avenue, and you can bring apostasy Amen. upon the church of the living God. You want to, you want to, listen, I can't curse them, but here, I, I sure would like to have some money. This is how you do it. Have those Moabite women dress like a Moabite woman. You ever notice in the book of Proverbs it doesn't, doesn't say, uh, the one, uh, it says that they wear the attire of a harlot? Now that's just a vision right there that everybody knows, oh, they don't dress right. They dress in a way that they show themselves. Come on now. Bring that into the church. And God says, and the devil, the devil said, I'll have it in no time. So they lost their purity by committing whoredom with other people, and then they, in turn, turned them to other gods. And that's why you have people in Israel worshiping Moabites and building, you know, building all these false gods and all that kind of stuff. 
They lost their pilgrimage by abiding in Shittim. They lost their peculiarity as God's people by worshiping other gods. Jude speaks about the end of this age in Jude. In the last day, there will be apostasy. It's amazing, Jude. Jude, just before the revelation, talks about the gainsaying of Korah, number 16, where authority was rejected. And if you're in your Bible reading, you just read that not long ago. The way of Cain, which is works for salvation. And then the uh, Balaam. That's apostasy. Now, let me say this. I say all this to go, hey, listen, you should be able to identify it as a child of God. Apostasy is alive and well in the day in which we live. It comes in various forms. It will all be judged by God in the future because he already judged it in the past. And he gave you examples. And if he, and if he hey, listen, if those who rebel against God, whether they're angels or an old world, or the, the sodomite. I mean, that is, a, that is about the most rebellious thing you can do before a holy God who made man and woman, brought them together to procreate and have children. Just let me tell you something. That crowd can't procreate so they recruit. And they're after your children. They're after their minds. Better be, you better, if you've got kids in the public school system, you better be concerned well, who, who, who's on the, on the school board yes, sir, and what they believe. We need to make sure that we are a people of truth, a people of the book, that we can identify apostasy when it comes before our face. Let's stand tonight, every head bowed, every eye closed. Peter saw it. Peter described it. Peter gave us great examples. He showed us what the character of the apostate looks like. He showed us what their end destruction shall be. And he gave us an example of what it looks like. You know what I preached on Sunday morning? I believe it was on the uh, discernment. We need to be able to discern what an apostate looks like, what is true and what is false. I believe we're living in the last days. I do believe that. What if the Lord waits a hundred years? It'll be worse then than it is now then. But you need to be able to identify what apostasy looks like. <laughs> you know, I, if something was true a uh, true hundred years ago, it'd still be true today. If something was true 20 years ago, it'd still be true today. Lord, I pray that you'd help our people tonight understand the faults and the truth I pray oh God that as Peter gives us a great description and great illustrations and what the consequences of apostasy is I pray that God's people would stay true to the word of God their Bible the truth Lord of uh, salvation by grace through faith the resurrection the blood atonement God thank you for all of these things that are so true in the word of God tonight. And may God help us not to turn away from these truths. In Jesus' name, amen. 499, Brother John Mark's going to lead us. I'll live for him. Let's sing a couple of verses. And here's what I want you to do tonight during the invitation. Just ask God, Lord, help me to be able to make quick identification of apostasy 
if it comes upon me or I'm, I'm dealt some kind of, I mean, if it comes at me, Lord, help me to be able to identify it very quickly. I believe God will help you. Young people, ask God to help you to identify these things in your own life. Let's go ahead. My life, my love, I give to thee, thou Lamb of God who died for me. Oh, may I ever faithful be, my Savior and 